Welcome to the 10 on Tuesday podcast, where we talk about all things small group related. This podcast is meant to encourage and equip you, a small group leader. We hope you enjoy the topic discussed and find it practical as you build the kingdom and lead those around you. Good afternoon, group leaders. I am super excited to be here with my friend, Joel Comiskey, and we are here to um, to just talk today a little bit about groups, especially on multiplication, but um, but Pastor Joel, tell us what's going on right now in, in around the world with you, with because I haven't, we haven't gotten to interview you in over a year, so I'm super excited. Michelle, it's a great privilege to be with you. I'm excited to be with your leaders, and it's always a joy to talk to your leaders because I do know that your church is a cutting-edge cell church. Love Pastor Dennis. Greetings to Pastor Dennis, family, and uh, grieving over your losses there in New Orleans. And I don't, did I say that right? New Orleans. You did. Great job. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the question about what's going on um, in the world, what, as far as my seat, my perspective, uh, COVID has, you know, hit everyone hard. Um, people have not known what to do with it, churches. And, you know, I, I do feel the good news is that cell churches have had a distinct advantage in that they have people connected. Whereas, you know, um, I've had pastors coming to me now interested in cells, small groups, because of COVID. That is, those who uh, were not in small groups and suddenly COVID hit, they couldn't meet, and it just seemed like their whole program collapsed. So I do believe, you know, around the world, pastors are waking up that it's not enough to meet on Sunday to have programs to have this attractional model that really they, they need to connect people in small groups. And so we're getting, you might say, a lot of business on Joel Comiskey Group and resourcing the worldwide cell church. Cell churches though, um, many have done very well. Sadly, some pastors have been a bit apathetic about Zoom or internet cells. So that saddened me. Others have just said, hey, you know, let's just take the same groups, connect them virtually, and have done very well as they wait to get back to face-to-face -face groups. Um, but basically, just to say that cell churches have had a great advantage and um, are moving ahead. Um, some have come back to face-to-face, -to -face, others are waiting. Like in our case, in our church, um, we are really, our goal is to get completely back face-to-face -face, um, 2020, where most of our groups are still virtual. For sure. We've seen the same thing, but it has also been really neat um, to see people from different places connecting to groups oh, good point. via Zoom, because before you're limited to only the people in your area. And so it's been really neat, but I definitely can see how life groups have really blessed me personally in the last year with COVID and other things, because you get to stay connected. You're not, you're not disconnected. And so and I, I appreciate I was, what you're saying. And let me just, yeah, I, that was a good point that you, you mentioned about outreach. There's just been a lot of wonderful stories of outreach. Um, one 
leader, for example, from our church, you know, began to have uh, out, an outreach from her cell to Nicaragua, inviting her family. And it was just such a blessed, you know, family members coming to Christ. And that another another group that I coach, um, the pastors are reaching to Columbia. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful um, time to, to reap the harvest in various areas. For sure. Well, in, in fact, awesome. uh, I just was at a, in, a, in a seminar in Brazil and the pastor was, you know, and, and by the way, <laughs> In this, in this church, um, all of the pastoral staff is in a cell group, or excuse me, leading a cell group. And this church has 2,000 cell groups. And so this is the, this, this pastor, Paolo Massoni, was kind of the speaker with me in this seminar just two weeks ago in Brazil. And I thought I was so impressed, Michelle, that all of the staff lead a cell. And their idea is they want to be in the battle. But this pastor, you know, as we were sitting after the service, he said, oh, in my group, I have 108 people. And I thought, well, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's great. But I kind of thought, well, that's wild, 108. Now, that's a little too big. But, you know, again, he's talking about his Zoom cell. And I don't know how they all got there. But just, just to, that example came to my mind. <laughs> kind of crazy in these times. If if it if I was working with him, I'd say it's time to multiply. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And he almost said that in jest because he knew it he was time to multiply. Oh, that's great. Actually, that that's leads into my next question. But what does what does cell multiplication mean? What does it really um mean? Because you've done so many studies and seen so many churches go through it. But um, what does it mean? Um, cell multiplication, the, the definition is to go from one group to two groups. And so, so that's just multiplying. It's, it's like um, the cell in the human body that's dividing. Um, but basically in the cell church, the word has been multiply. And basically that's why David Cho liked the word cell because there was that dividing of the cell and yet it was in the one body. So signifying the local church in one body multiplying. But let me just say, Michelle, that um, oftentimes in the early days, there was only one way to multiply. That was mother, daughter. So half the cell would go out and, and become another group. But then as the movement continued, cell planting became more common. That is, you didn't have to reach 15 and divide equally. As long as people had been equipped and gone through the equipping, then let's say two people could go off and multiply to sell, you know. Um, another, so that's another common way to multiply. And the, my favorite is when the leader who started the group goes off with one person and plants another group and leaves the best and the brightest behind. So all that to say, I would say that the basic definition is, yes, two groups, but there are more than one way to do it. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, how have you seen God move through the, through the multiplications that you've seen around the world and in your own local church? No doubt about that. Uh, multiplication has been incredible. In my own local church, you know, we were... Um, 
sent off from the church I planted here in Moreno Valley to another church that was just starting. And so in 2019, I uh, kind of led the pilot groups. I was involved in that pilot group with the senior pastor. And, and so we had like, I think probably oh, 15, 16, 17 people in the pilot group. All through 2019, 2020, we multiplied to five groups. COVID hit. In fact, it was February when we multiplied to five groups. And those groups have been a lifeline. I mean, they've been the life of the church. Um, it's been amazing. And because we were just so brand new at it in this church, uh, now we've multiplied to 10. So, you know, and the coaching's been great. So we, it's just been an up and up really for us. So a really positive, um, but, but let me just say how God has moved in multiplication. You know, my first book, Home Cell Group Explosion, was about the study of cell churches around the world. And, and that's really was, got, got me excited about cell ministry. <laughs> Excuse me because of the multiplication <clears throat> that the home cell explosion is actually the first book that i read on cells and it got i was so excited and ready to do it that's what i cut my teeth on so oh, really? I, I love that book yes yes awesome yes i don't even know if i was leading a group at the time but i wanted to by the end of the book so it's it's okay. a fantastic book yeah, yeah, well, I just got the rights to it back and I'm going to re-edit it. I'm going to, you know, republish it. I, it's just, yeah, I think it has ministered to a lot of people. There are places that need to be updated, but but I do love that book. Awesome. So what um, what are some of the lessons that you've witnessed yeah. or learned as, as you've gone through multiplications? Because I'm sure not every single one of them was a, a grand success. Right. And so sometimes we, you know, learn lessons along the way of what, what we'd like to do or do better or something like that. Yeah, well, you know, in this book, I would say it was like I was on steroids the whole time I was writing it. Just like, you know, like, you know, you go to Starbucks and you get your fix. And I mean, it was just going to these churches that were the largest in the world and seeing the multiplication and how were they doing it. But Really, you know, since then, that, that was a good, let me see, that was 1998 when this book came out, or 97. So since then, it's been like, okay, well, what really happened going through, you know, the valley, go, being in places where there wasn't much multiplication happening, where it was dry, where, you know, you, the, the, the groups weren't multiplying. Um, and so, and in my own ministry, seeing that I... That, that oftentimes to reach the goal, I would multiply ghost groups. Even in the church in Ecuador, you know, we had this goal, got to get to the goal because of this book. And then we multiply, we get to the goal, but you know, many of them fade away because they weren't, they weren't solid. So I would say I've learned key lessons. And number one, there's not one time frame to multiply. You know, back in this day, some of the gurus in the cell church movement said, you have to multiply in one year. In fact, some cell churches would say, if you don't multiply in one year, close the group. And, you know, and I remember I went to that country where this was happening in that church, and many of the leaders were so discouraged as they didn't make the cut, you know. Um, so it really, there's not one time period to multiply the group. It depends on the soil. If you were to uh, start a cell in Turkey, 
or you know wherever, it would take a long time to multiply that group. Mm -hmm. And in this study, many of the groups were in Latin America where the, the harvest was taking place. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the soil. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that, uh, the main thing I've learned, I think, is that it's not so much multiply the cell, mm -hmm. but multiply the leader. That is make disciples who make disciples. And mm -hmm. that really um, is the key in, uh, in, in what I've learned in, in, in this book, Making Disciples. And by the way, I hope I don't seem like I'm just promoting my books. Rather, <laughs> this could maybe help some of your leaders in the future, because in this book, I really talk about the main lesson that I've learned uh, in from Homestuck of Explosion. And that is, you know, it's not about multiplying the cell, it's multiplying the disciple. And that's what Jesus says, make disciples. If you don't have a disciple ready or a group of disciples, you're not ready to multiply because you want to see long-term success. You know, the, the rave for a long time was the purpose-driven church. Uh, the principles are great, but the idea was you just get a lot of people, a lot of groups, and you, you know, I've, I've coached churches with, which would multiply 200 groups. But then I was in those same groups where they they would come back to 10 groups. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not saying the purpose-driven book. I'm just saying the purpose-driven mentality of just get a lot of groups out there immediately. But mm -hmm. I've also witnessed that, you know, really life happens. And so if it's mm -hmm. just a seven-week group, well, what are we really doing? You really want to multiply disciples who make disciples. Yes. And that's such the key because if you have really strong disciples, the group's going to be healthy. The, the leadership's going to be healthy. The people that they grow and evangelize to are going to become healthy disciple makers. And so that is such a key is if, if you really make those disciples that make disciples, it, it, it's a game changer. So I love it. And I, you know, that's, that's, and, and Michelle, let me just say that as I, as I speak to your leaders, your church is, is such an example in North America of cell life, small group life, not just the quick fix, but rather the long term. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you as leaders that this, this is your church and what you're doing is so critical as you continue to multiply disciples. Thank you so much. We, it's, it's, a, it's not a, um, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And there so you that go. you really have to have to see groups as it's not a overnight, you know, thing, but it's, it's making disciples and it's, it's like raising a child. You don't really know if you did a good <laughs> job until they're 25 or 30. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, so how, how can we really look at making our groups more healthy like you and you said or healthier but you because you had said you know groups that make disciples and so to me that that's so linked in with healthy groups but what are some of the ways if maybe we have been meeting that we're not focusing on making disciples that we're just kind of meeting and having fellowship and you know talking about a scripture but what are some of the things as leaders that we could do to to start making some disciples yeah, um, I think there are four things that are critical, and I'll go real quick. Um, the first one is just to build community. And boy, isn't this critical? And, and during COVID-19, there's so much isolation. 
you know, to, to ask people to come and join your group, you know, here's a community, you know, don't stop inviting people in the celebration service, um, just because people are dying for community, literally, and so they need, they need a community, they need a family, they need a group, and um, so thus community is so critical, and that's part of the process of making disciples, is being in, being the family of God, maybe the most critical um, but the second one is participation, is that really, you know, let people participate. Um, you know, the leader needs to back off, facilitate the group. You know, remember the 70-30 principle, the leader talks 30% of the time, let the others talk 70% of the time. This is not the time for frustrated preachers to leave, to lead the group. That, that is preach uh, there in their cell or small group. So, participation. The third one is evangelism. And I really do believe that as we reach out, as we invite, that each member is exercising their muscles, is growing. And, and so I see evangelism, yes, rescuing people from hell, but also growing as believers. Mm. And thus, that is part of the discipleship process. So I think there should be a, a kind of a, a huddle, a holy huddle in the group maybe after the cell each time and saying, well, what can we do to invite people? Or even, no, I'm sorry, in the cell at the end of it saying, okay, who can we invite? You know, let's, let's do something. Let's reach out. Let's pray for the, those who don't know Jesus. And so inviting and evangelism is just critical as part of discipleship. And the last thing has to do with make sure that everyone is going through or has gone through the equipping, mm -hmm. you know, so that they're ready to form a new group when that time come, when the time is ready and right to multiply the group. Yes, and you have some great materials, live, grow, share, engage. Yeah. engage. Uh, share, share, lead, lead, uh, lead. grow. Encounter, share, encounter, encounter, not encounter. Did you miss encounter? Yeah, I said engage instead of encounter, but yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> Uh, but the, yeah, those are awesome. We, we use those with our leaders and with our disciples to try to get them to grow. So I, I love that. That's awesome. And by the way, you know, in my book, uh, Making Disciples, I do go over those four things. I have, I have a chapter okay. for each of those four things to make disciples who make disciples. And so if, if one of your listeners would like to go through that again, they can find it in Making Disciples in the 21st Century Church. Awesome. Thank you so much. That is some great wisdom today. Yeah. I, I really feel very, very equipped to, um, to really focus on, on making disciples, because I think that we forget about that sometimes that we just start going through the motions, but that the making the disciples, and that is an encouragement for me as the leader, when you start to see that growth, the spiritual growth take place in, in individuals. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I do think that's important, Michelle, you know, as we think about in our groups, like the group that I lead, my wife and I lead, um, you know, sometimes one of the team members can become discouraged. Oh, no, we didn't, we don't have as many people as the, this, this other group in our church. And, and this person, you know, kind of the comparison thing happens. And, and I just say, hey, listen, you know, it's not about that. It's about becoming disciples. Let's keep on inviting. Let's keep on reaching out. And then suddenly we do have new people, but you know, it's the months of the, and by the way, this has been going on for several months where our, our, our numbers were down and this person was becoming discouraged. But, but really my thing, knowing this, what I was, what I'm sharing with you right now, that it's all about discipleship 
Mm. That let's just keep on inviting. You know, this is the process of growth, even in the hardships and the dry times, that, that that's when we really grow as disciples. And then to see the fruit now, it's like, yes, that's it. But keep on pressing on. Yes. I not giving up. When I started after Hurricane Katrina, I started a group and I met with one young lady for four months and no one came. Sometimes it was just me because she wasn't available. And in the next two or three years, that group wound up becoming 12 groups. And so it was just, you know, being consistent and just continuing to invite, continuing to to put the plant those seeds and then all of a sudden I looked around and I was like wow there's 15 people here and um it was just one of those you know things but it's it's very doable it's not anything you know there's no secret sauce it's it's being persistent in it and being consistent yeah that's awesome. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We just love you so much. Um, would you mind praying for our leaders before we close I, today? I would, I would love that. Father, I thank you for this wonderful celebration church. Thank you for Pastor Dennis. Thank you for the team. Thank you for Michelle. Thank you for the leaders that are listening to this YouTube video or podcast. And Lord, I just do pray for your Holy Spirit anointing and blessing on the leadership. Father, they have experienced some real dark times with this hurricane. And yet, Lord, I pray for grace in the midst of hardship. I pray, oh Jesus, that you would give them, Lord, the the, the, um, path, the compassion and the passion and persistence to reach out to those who are needy, that this would be a time that the cells could rise up and and minister to others, as well as receive personal healing as well. God, I just pray you'd encourage the leaders right now, Lord, that this isn't rocket science. There's no magic bullet. It's really just passion and persistence and continuing to press on for your glory. And I pray again, in a special way, they would know that their reward is in heaven, that they're working for you. They're making disciples who make disciples. And this is the biblical model. So God, we give you the glory and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We're so grateful for you. Thank you, life group leaders. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless you, Michelle. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of 10 on Tuesday. We will see you next week.